Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1184, air date March 24th, 2023. First of all, I want to welcome everyone. This is our uh, Thursday open house that we do. It, we do a session at 11 a.m. Um, for Europe and um, that part of the world. Um, and then we also, and for the eastern part of the United States. And at 8 p.m., we do one for um, Asia Pacific, the Western part of the United States. We wanna welcome everyone. Typically on this call, we have a lot of new people um, who are interested. You know, They may have seen a video, uh, they may have uh, heard about our orientation and invite everyone to introduce you to that. And I'll, as a part of that agenda, I'll give you, I typically do an overview of what's going on in the world right now. And then I introduce you as a part of that to what our movement is. Um, in this discussion, you'll also get to meet some of the veterans in our movement. And then we break out into um, uh, local community meetings where our uh, leaders essentially make sure people are actually doing stuff on the ground. And I'll talk about that. But we'll also, before we do that, we'll do an introduction of all the new people. So let me begin um, by, first of all, welcoming everyone. And as I mentioned, this is a Truth, Freedom and Health open house. One of the key things that we emphasize, as John shared in the videos, is that we believe that we need to build a bottoms-up, truly a bottoms-up movement that is engaging each one of you to recognize the power that the individual has in their local communities. I'll repeat that again. This is about a bottoms-up movement. And why do we want to do that? Well, that result or that analysis is driven by theory. What does that mean? Well, if you look at the world and you look at anything in life, or anything in science or anything in engineering, uh, everything is ultimately driven by natural laws of the universe. And without understanding those laws, you will essentially be sort of bumbling around like blind men and never essentially make any headway in life. So think about those of you who've worked for a living in some type of endeavor. If you're an electrician, you can't really be a, a good electrician if you don't understand you know, the basic laws of electricity, you know, V equals IR, voltage equals, you know, current times resistance, for example. If you are a mechanical engineer or someone who does stuff in plumbing and those kind of things, you need to understand the laws of mechanics, right? Force equals mass times acceleration and so on. In every field where there's some expertise involved, there are fundamental laws that you have to follow. Unfortunately, some people think you can just, you know, do things sort of by the see to your pants and they'll take 20, 30, 40 years and they'll make lots and lots of mistakes. And you can think about it in anything in life. If you want to be a pitcher, you have to really learn the mechanics of how to throw a ball, right? If you want to be a good athlete, there are mechanics and fundamental laws in everything. Well, what I want to impress on you is when you look at how the world operates from a systems perspective, there are fundamental laws that exist on how the world moves and how Uh, masses of people make change or how a small set of people can actually manipulate people to oppress people. And those fundamental laws um, are, are, can be found in the laws of system science. So my journey to system science begins in this very, very interesting sort of tri-dimensional world, one of, in a world of growing up in India, which has an oppressive caste system, growing up in a world where I was very, very intrigued with different medical systems. My grandmother being a a healer of traditional systems of Indian medicine, and the third world, having grown up, um, uh, being a scientist and an engineer, 
uh, getting four degrees at MIT in engineering, you know, sort of your very classic, traditional, conventional engineering systems. So when you look across all those three very, very different paradigms, you find out that there are fundamental laws which govern any system, be it your body, be it an engineering system, be it an airplane, be it political systems, be it um, systems of medicine. And those laws are embodied um, in a book I wrote called System and Revolution, which literally take these multiple worlds and they congeal it into a theory of systems. Now, I used to teach this course at MIT. It was one of the most popular courses at MIT to engineering students who pay MIT hundreds of thousands of dollars. The problem is that those in power learn the science of systems and they use those science of systems to manipulate people in very, very insidious ways. So in today's world, everyday people, working people, do not have access to this knowledge. So my view was that this knowledge must be shared broadly if we are interested in actually ending oppression and delivering what I call truth, freedom, health. And you'll understand those three words, truth, freedom, health, which are three principles among the nine principles of systems are not just words, but they're fundamentally related to the science of systems. Very briefly put, because I'm not gonna do the whole course here, Freedom is the aspect of nature that's involved in motion, movement of information, matter, and energy. When you have movement of information, matter, and energy, you can actually dwell into something else. Movement leads to or is interconnected to another process called conversion, the aspect of nature which takes things in one form and converts it to another. Now, when you look at science and you apply the scientific method, you take all sorts of ideas theories that you have, hypotheses, you apply the scientific method and you converge on truth. So that's a conversion process. So, But in order to do science, great science, you need freedom. You see, so that's the interconnection between motion and conversion. The third principle is something called storage or structure. It is that aspect of nature that gives structure to things physical structure. This room has physical structure. Your body has your bones and your fascia and your bones. I'm sorry, your, your uh, uh, skeletal structure. So everything in nature has transport, conversion, storage, movement, you know, conversion, and these storage processes. Health, your physical health is a structural aspect of you. Without physical health, forget about fighting for anyone else. Forget about doing great science. So truth, freedom, and health are intimately related, those words, to these fundamental principles. If you look at the world today, what has fundamentally happened is those in power who understand the science of systems are on a path to massive, massive, massive insidious control of people. And it is occurring at such a deep level that people on the left and right, well-meaning people are being manipulated. And so let me, you know, one of the books I wrote, I don't have up here is called The Future of Email. One of the, so I've shared with you three of those nine principles. Another very important principle in system science is the ability to control a system, putting inputs into the system to achieve the goal that you want. That's called controllability. The other aspect of a system is called observability. You're able to see what's going on so you can make action, you, you can take action. Well, those in power today have implemented these the uh, ability to observe things at such a microscopic level meaning observe your behavior, observe what you may be thinking and doing. 
So, and they're gathering vast amounts of data. Now I know this because for 20 years, I was in the, one of the leading people in the field of AI. My, uh, my, master, my PhD thesis at MIT was based on this. It was a basis of a technology I created for automatically analyzing text and routing email. In fact, I have the first three earliest patents on this. Long before it was called AI, it used to be called pattern recognition. So pattern recognition allows you to take lots of data, figure out patterns in them, and then take action on it. That's really the foundations of AI. But the reality is today, the, those in power have implemented so much, uh, an extensive set of ability to gather data, be it you know, through cameras, be it through social media, and using that data, the computing, you know, the, I mean, this, this little device now has more power than most mainframe computers used to have, right? Far more. And using the amount of computing power, we can actually predict the trajectory of any human being or behaviors of people. So what has occurred in the old days was when, let's say, people bottoms up started organizing individually and collectively, typically the reaction of those in power was a fascist attack and destruction of those movements, right? Slaves got together, the slave master used to lynch them or hang them, et cetera, with fascist power. What ended up happening in the modern times around the uh, 20th century, early part of the 20th century and early, late part of the 19th centuries, working people started getting much more smarter. They started organizing independently bottoms up, neighbor to neighbor, and those movements, if you look globally around the late 1800s and 1900s, were very, very powerful. Unfortunately, none of this is taught in history class anymore. In fact, I don't even think they teach history anymore. But those movements are what, in fact, gained people the modicum of freedom and infrastructure we have today. And you can look at it all over the world during that period of 1800s to 1900s. Now, why is that period important? Because that's when the world was undergoing a fundamental systems transition from an agrarian society to an industrial society. And during that period, there was an opportunity for people to start self-organizing. That's another systems principle. So you see in the early 1900s, women start organizing to get voting rights. The Democrats never wanted to give women voting rights. They had to go on the ground to win those rights. In the great upheaval of the, of the United States in the 1800s, in fact, this occurred all over, late, all over the world, people started organizing their own bottoms-up workers' unions, not top-down unions controlled by the establishment, but true bottoms-up unions. So you'll find out in the early 1900s, many of those powerful workers' movements, independent bottoms-up unions, independent of any political party, had massive, massive impact on changing many things. In the United States, you can think about elimination of child labor, getting infrastructure, clean water systems. These weren't given to people. These were hard-fought gains. In fact, you look in the 1930s when those movements were growing, using, by the way, the, the United States as an example, the elites were forced to give those bottoms-up movements certain concessions. By the 1950s, something profound took place, and a lot of people, again, don't learn this, is that those in power realized, holy shit, these people organizing bottoms up are a serious danger to us. We don't want them ever to organize bottoms up. So what did they do? The left and the right got together. The right wing branded all of those movements as communists, as Marxists. 
If you ever use the word workers unite, you must be a hammer and sickle being driven by Brezhnev or whoever it was in Russia. Like surely people didn't have their own minds to use the word workers unite. Karl Marx doesn't own that term. And what they did was they had the left wing take over these truly bottoms up unions. So by 1970, you have all of the unions pretty much throughout the world controlled by some one left wing of the establishment. And the right wing said, anytime you say workers unite, you must be communist, you see? And so by the 1900s to 1970, if you look worldwide, there were such vibrant workers movements, people, grassroots movements. After 1970, throughout the world, there's really been no movements, independent movements. They've all been controlled by the left and the right, okay? Now, let's go to 1993, when you had the development of the World Wide Web. Now, you have to understand, this is very close to me because I was a guy who invented email, really did invent email. This is not taking credit for someone else. I, as a guy, as a 14-year-old kid, converted the entire inner office mail system, the paper-based mail system. Many of you over the age of 50 remember this, how offices ran the memo to, from, subject, BCC. I converted that paper-based mail system into the electronic version, named it email, got the first U.S. copyright. Why is this important? Because you don't need the internet for email. If you remember, email was run on local area networks. Now, 1993, a a development takes place um, where people build a user interface to the internet. And that was called the World Wide Web, WWW, and they created a protocol. Email went from a office application to become a consumer application. And I remember seeing this and I was running a company called Echo Mail, which could analyze email and route it for customer service. And in 1997, I went to the postal service and I said, this is very dangerous for the world because physical mail up until 1997 was if I sent you a letter and someone else interfered with that physical letter was a 22 year sentence in prison. In fact, the US Postal Service, like many postal services have a police force. The Postal Service was one of the most powerful decentralized systems where any citizen could communicate with another without intervention. In fact, in the United States up until 1970, nearly 70% of the physical postal mail was political mail, left-wing email, left-wing mail, right-wing mail, Green Party mail, Nazi mail, Ku Klux Klan, anyone could send. It didn't matter, right? No one interfered. In fact, this is what one of the founder the, this is what Franklin and the founders of the United States wanted. The Postal Service was really the bulwark to support the First Amendment. In 1997, it's a very important date because that is a date when email volume overtook postal mail volume. And who was running these email systems? It was private companies, Hotmail, Google, Yahoo. And people traded free email for their freedom because most people didn't read these privacy statements. When you got on Hotmail or Yahoo Mail or Google Mail and I send you an email, you don't own your email. They own your email. So I went to the Postal Service. I was a 29-year-old kid then running my company. And I said, look, as the inventor of email, I said, this is very dangerous. You guys should build a public service utility because that would be protected by the 22-year imprisonment principle. Encryption ain't going to do it. And they said, ah, shut the hell up. You're a kid. What do you know? We're the Postal Service. We have, we're bigger than Walmart. And that went on. Now, in 
2011, if you go read the press, the Postal Service is going out of business. And I did an article in Time Magazine saying these guys are idiots. They could make billions of dollars by offering a public email service protected by the Constitution. That went viral, and I got called in by the Postal Service, and I did an analysis for them, for the Postmaster General or the Inspector General, showing that the Postal Service ultimately is a very important public infrastructure. Anyway, these guys didn't do anything. The reason I'm giving you this history is during that period from 1997 to today, an important development took place. What was supposed to be the free internet where each one of us built our own homesteads with our own websites and we communicated independently became centralized, which was never the purpose of all of this. How did it become centralized? Well, companies like Facebook came, which were basically a CIA project. Company like Twitter came. Companies like LinkedIn, which also used the same patents that Facebook did. And these companies all made unholy alliances with government because they were deemed platforms under what was called Section 230 immunity. So these companies and with the Silicon Valley mafia got branded these platforms, as uh, sorry, these uh, tools as platforms, very different than a publishing organization like the New York Times, okay, which is a publisher. And as platforms, they ended up getting 10 times more valuation on revenue. All right. In order to get that platform valuation, these companies made an unholy alliance with government saying that they would build backdoor portals to these companies. So that means you and I, instead of building my own website, which would take a little more effort, we built our Facebook page or we built our Twitter presence. And what has occurred during that period till today, which particularly 2020, it is where our movement, the movement for truth, freedom, and health in my work actually discovered these backdoor portals in my historic lawsuit. The United States does not have the First Amendment anymore. It's gone. And I think everyone should really recognize that. It's not about fighting for the First Amendment. We have to win back freedom. And over the last 10 to 15 years, what has actually taken place is those people you think are fighting for you on the left or the right have sold you out. So all of these social media giants are essentially government-controlled media. and But they have far more power than the government-controlled media of the 50s. They can watch every tweet you do, every action you take, and they can model you mathematically as a unit of one as a, or as a cluster of behavior. And what they have done is all of these social media companies are all data mining. In fact, Peter Thiel, if you know him, he runs an organization called Palantir. And um, I, I think Chris is here. Chris has experienced this. I experienced this in my own lawsuit. But these companies now are mining data and they can know your trajectory. And they know that the world, the people across the world are really pissed off with governments. They know this. They know people are figuring out the left and the right, and they know the vast majority of people don't even vote. Look anywhere. If you look at any state or any government, only a very small piece of people even vote, particularly in the United States, so-called country of freedom. In Massachusetts, there's 5.7 million people who can vote. Only on a good day, 30% of them show up to vote. 
The other 70% know it's full of shit, so they don't vote. So what's ended up happening is those in power with all this technology and the ability to data mine can know that people are upset. So what do they do? So they know people are upset. And what they're most afraid of is what we talked about, that a bottoms up movement can come again, where we as individuals stop outsourcing our freedom to the Kennedys or the Trumps or the Bernie Sanders, that we actually get off our butts and we do bottoms up movements. And a lot of people will hear that word, but many people don't even have what, what, what that really means. That means you go out and maybe you stand on a street corner and hand out a flyer. Maybe you knock on your neighbor's door. Getting back to old school. People have lost this concept. They think a bottoms up movement means that you just sort of talk about it. Well, our movement is has created the infrastructure to do those bottoms up movements. And that is what they fear. Because those bottoms up movements are the only force against this top-down control. So what's happened is those in power with the amazing ability to monitor, they have figured out what which direction people are going. And in response to that, instead of crushing those movements like they did in slave times, you know what they're doing? They're doing something very, very insidious. What are they doing? They have created facsimiles of, of, of bottoms-up heroes. They have literally created what I call the controlled opposition because they know people are going to look for real leaders. So they've created a scumbag like Robert F. Kennedy. They've created a, a bullshitter like Trump. They've created another bullshitter like Bernie Sanders or AOCs. These people who are on the wings of the left or the right say the right words. But these are actors created to make sure you do not get off your butts and build a bottoms up movement. That is what's going on right now. And there's no negotiating with these people because they're insidious or Elon Musk. Where Elon Musk ends and where government begins, nobody knows. Yet, right now, conservatives who are calling the liberals woke are doing the same mistake. They're bowing down to Elon Musk, thinking he's going to save them. Or they're bowing down to Donald Trump. I mean, Donald Trump brought in the swamp into the White House and all the conservatives give him excuses. No, Trump was part of this. Just like Obama was part of this. 50% of Trumpers voted for Obama. So those in power know how to manipulate people in every direction because they have all the data. Oops, people are getting upset with Obama. Let's bring a white guy in, Trump. Oops, Trump has had his way. Now let's bring in DeSantis or Tulsi Gabbard. You see? They have an array of people to manipulate people so they stay within the controlled areas of, of two wings of the establishment. And this is all being done in real time with social media. So I can tell you right now, I was thrown off social media because I exposed all of this. It was our lawsuit long before all these grifters, which exposed the backdoor portal. It was our lawsuit that exposed the election systems issues. And it was our movement that was thrown off for exposing all of this. And we were kept off Twitter until about three months ago. When I got back on Twitter, guess what? They have kept me in a cage. My tweets would get 30, 40,000 retweets. Now they get two retweets. It's crazy. I used to have half a million people see my tweets. Now about 10,000 people see my tweets. And this is the nature of Elon Musk. He's a complete scumbag. Yet all of these conservatives think he's their savior. 
The reality is those in power become very sophisticated on how to manipulate you. And that manipulation in a very simple way involves giving false, false gods, false leaders who talk the talk, but have never walked the walk. So you look at the vaccine mandate issue. You have Robert Kennedy, who endorsed Hillary Clinton three times, not once, not twice, three times. He endorsed his own nephew here for pro-vaccine mandates. In 2020, when we ran the Fire Fauci campaign, we didn't see Kennedy anywhere. He waited one year to steal our stuff and write a book called The Real Anthony Fauci. Made millions of dollars off that after Pfizer had already made 80 billion. You see? So these guys are Johnny-come-latelys who are there who talk the talk. Same with Rand Paul. Right? Didn't see him anywhere. So it's time that people really wake the fuck up. Particularly, not only the woke liberals, you know, who love censorship, but right now, the so-called conservatives. And in a recurrent process of human history, those in power have gotten their insidious way of control very finely tuned. And with with the consolidation of social media, with the use of controlled opposition, these two tools is they're able to manipulate people to one end to make sure that you don't get off your butt and build and grow the movement for truth, freedom, health. When we started exposing all this, our stuff went out to hundreds of millions of people. When we exposed the backdoor portal, Tucker Carlson didn't do anything. He waited two years. And then he starts talking about it after all the damage comes. This is known as a concept of a limited hangout the the, um, CIA uses or delayed truth. So you never tell the truth when the incident is occurring. You wait and then you talk about it to make the people feel, oh, yeah, oh, my God, the journalists are fighting for us. It's all bullshit. So our movement, Truth, Freedom, Health, is composed of a couple of very, very important interlocking pieces. Number one, we teach people the theory. We teach people system science, what you would have to go to MIT and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on. Those in power learn the science of systems. George Soros is a theoretician on the science of systems. Without learning that physics, which we make accept, anyone can learn, you don't have to go be an MIT nerd. We've put that curriculum together. Next, we teach people why they must get on the ground. We've created tools for that, and we'll walk you through those. And then we have created a community because it's very, very easy to get demoralized and desperate. So you think, ah, I can't do anything. Oh, my life doesn't mean anything. They're so powerful. Well, people need to understand that the only option is to organize and fight. And then we've created all of this in a technology infrastructure that we run. So we're not reliant on them. So if you're serious about really wanting to change things, not just talk about it, because we can talk ad infinitum about how much they screw us. That doesn't get you anywhere. The issue is what do you want to do? And again, In conclusion, you'll find out that things have always changed when people organize bottoms up and they let go of the left and the right and all these misleaders. And the goal of those in power is to continually distract you with the next monkey or the next circus that they're going to run. Ooh, Trump is going to be indicted. Next circus. Ooh, Trump versus DeSantis. Next circus. So you don't get off your butts, use your own brain and figure out how you're going to connect with people, other human beings, to build a movement. So while we created that infrastructure for that movement, we have allowed our country to be taken over from within. And the end goal 
is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you deep down inside them that you don't deserve the freedoms you have they don't this reality is what people need to wake up to and we need to all unite working people there's only one movement that can do that mm-hmm. and that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts the movement for truth freedom and health look i've been a student of politics since i was a 4 year old kid setting revolutionary movements left wing right wing there's a physics there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment to build a bridge you need to understand Newton's equation you need to understand the laws of gravity you need to understand poisson's ratio there is a way to build a revolution and that's why i put this together my goal is to train a army of truth freedom and health leaders we don't need followers like social media we need leaders but they they need training because the educational system does not teach them history nothing so in 3 hours that's what i've started doing that's the solution we wow. got to train people first with understanding what a system is the second is understanding the interconnection between truth freedom and health freedom is the ability to move freely communicate freely right talk freely without freedom you cannot convert ideas hypothesis into truth which is science and without freedom you can't really get to truth and without truth you make up fake problems and fake solutions which means you destroy our health and without health which is the infrastructure of us and our body you can't fight for freedom third concept is it has to be bottoms up working people people who work uniting and what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite that must be communist meanwhile they've let the democrats run unions which suppress workers completely corrupt but when you look at the arc of american history it's been when working people came up we need to go local every solution i'm coming up with as a part of this movement we're giving the science which is the truth and then we tell people what they can do on the ground like with election fraud you don't need to wait for some lawyer our goal is to train people they have to go local to go local to go local fight locally forget lawyers forget politicians forget celebrities you got to learn politics and there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is a not so obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is a not so obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you. On the left and the right, the Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you, the Tucker Carlsons. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the the left wing Bernie Sanders. Oh, he said something or Robert Kennedy. Scumbags. Or you're going to follow, you know, some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. bottoms up we have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do left and right i'm sorry sean hannity may say some good things but i don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done and it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge you need to be able to identify a rat you know christ didn't go after the romans right it was the pharisees and the sadducees who screwed him up his own quote unquote people and that's where we're at So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum. People can go to bashiva.com and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics and I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. 
And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people two years of MIT control systems. I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I got to build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, be, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaign's expanded to the movement for truth, freedom, and health, and they can find it on V as in Victor A. Shiva, vashiva.com, so people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, and health leader, I offer a full scholarship there. But we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to VA Shiva, Victory America Shiva, VAShiva.com. So, anyway, that video provides you sort of the core of what I was just talking about. But, you know, continuing this, the key thing is we, we need to recognize that the modern technologies like social media have literally uh, resulted in a point where we have the massive consolidation of power. And then if you go look at our lawsuit, what you'll find out is that the government launders censorship through non-governmental organizations through these social media companies. So think about what I'm saying. You see, the government in most countries can censor people directly, India, China, in fact, Europe and UK. But in the United States, if, a, if, if the US government silences a US citizen, it's a violation of the freedom of speech. So what they did was they, in order, they did an end run around the constitution. They created a organization called the Center for Internet Security, which was funded by a guy called Pierre Omidyar, which literally manages the communication between government entities and the social media companies. So then they could say, oh, we didn't do it. They did it. It's called laundering censorship. And we identified this in our lawsuit, which was, again, concealed by all of these people like Matt Taibbi, like all these people, including Tucker Carlson, who talk a good game, Glenn Greenwald, because why did they conceal our lawsuit in 2020? For one singular reason, because we're an independent movement. And they didn't want to give us the limelight because people would have come over to us, not dependent on them, which which are one wing, which is one wing of the establishment. But fundamentally, what you'll find out is that the Center for Internet Security was funded by Pierre Omidyar. And you should look him up. Omidyar is the one who bought PayPal. He's the one who owns eBay. Very closely tied with government. Well, go look at the history of PayPal. It comes to Peter Thiel and Elon Musk, which we've talked about. Okay, for many of our past videos. And when you put all these people together, they're the new oligarchs. And these oligarchs are committed to making sure that people do not rise up because they have all the data knowing that people are getting upset. So they are actively in watching which way the sentiment goes. And on top of that, they are ensuring that you don't do anything by through this insidious effort of giving you fake false gods thinking they're going to do something for you. It's very, very insidious. It's worse than, in some ways, when we got thrown off in Twitter 1.0, we knew who the enemy was. Now you don't even know who the enemy is. You think the guy that's trying to save you is your friend, Elon Musk. He's not. He's the most insidious enemy. He's pure evil. 
And since getting back on Twitter, as I started hammering this, you can literally see my shadow banning the amount of impressions going down. I mean, we have the science of it. But what's really amazing is foolish, quote unquote, conservatives who attack the woke left are the same idiots who are thinking Elon Musk is their friend. This is how insidious this whole thing has become. And it is only our movement which calls it out. We called out Robert Kennedy as a scumbag. We lost 20% of our followers, but the remaining people got it. We called out Donald Trump, even though I supported him, figured him out. We lost another 20%. Fine. But what we're going to end up with is people who really understand this physics and this dynamics. But the most important thing is we've created an infrastructure which has never existed on the planet Earth before. So people who want to build an independent movement have that infrastructure. And that infrastructure, I'm going to play with you what those features are. John, can you play the features video? And then right after this video, we're going to introduce people, some of the new people. So we want to let all of you know, this is not just talk. I've been an activist, a ground activist since I was 17 years old. I figured out that the left and the right are both full of shit, that the only way things have ever changed is through bottoms up movements. And what we have done with Truth, Freedom and Health is provide infrastructure of knowledge, community. So we actually give, empower the individual to become their own teacher, to become their own guru. So they're not outsourcing their future to somebody else. Go ahead, John. Hello, this is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. Welcome to VA Shiva, the platform of education, technology, and activism, so you may raise your consciousness to win the truth, freedom, and health you need to create the future you deserve. The VA Shiva platform provides this truth, freedom, health warrior scholars the following three capabilities. Number one, an ultimate education that is based on the science of systems. Number two, technologies to empower you to take charge of your health, as well as social media tools, independent of big tech, so you can connect with other incredible truth, freedom, health warrior scholars equally dedicated like you to winning truth, freedom, and health. Three, instruments for activism so you become a beacon of light in your online and offline community to educate others, growth, and advancement. VA Shiva provides you the foundations of the science of systems, the ultimate education. The science of systems provides you the missing fundamental scientific knowledge to understand every system in and around you. The science of systems will enable you to uncover the real problem and real solution in any situation and on any issue. Concerning the educational component, first you will receive direct access to me to learn the science of systems in my three-hour live private online group class that I run every week. Second, you will have access to archived lectures so you can continue your education independent of me. Third, you can test your proficiency in learning the fundamental principles and get a formal certification for the foundations of systems. Independent of this classroom education, you will receive also four important books. The first book is the best-selling classic Systems and Revolution from which you can learn all of these concepts and more. The second book is The Science of Everything that will educate you on how the science of systems is the foundational knowledge of every system in the universe. The third book, Your Body, Your System, focuses on how to understand the interplay of these systems within your own body. And then the fourth book, Your System, Your Life, will help you apply these principles to other aspects of your life, such as running a business, understanding relationships, and more. Beyond the curriculum and books, the second capability is the technologies that you will be afforded. One of them is a powerful Your Body, Your System software, which is an online laboratory where you can use your body as a system to further deepen your understanding of the science of systems. 
systems. The tool allows you to understand what kind of system you are. Is your system on course or is it off course? And how the inputs of food, supplements, herbs, activities such as sleep, yoga, meditation, exercise can affect your body to bring it back on course. Finally, to support your education, I've also included a seminal scientific paper that I wrote which will help you understand that the knowledge of systems it does not only originate in the modern world starting in the 1920s and 30s, but it actually dates back 10 to 20,000 years and intersects directly with the foundations of Eastern systems of medicine. In addition to this, you will also get two scientific papers sharing how the science of systems can also be used to apply to understanding how food is medicine. One paper exposes turmeric from the molecular systems level and how it affects your body. The other paper explores ginger and how that affects your body. That's just the educational piece. As you raise your consciousness through this education, you will likely want to connect with other Truth Freedom Health Warrior Scholars in an environment where you can connect and build community. To support that, I've also created two powerful social media tools. One of them is the VA Shiva Forum. Here you can start discussions, you can pose questions and meet others and have healthy debates. The other is VA Shiva Social, where you can create your own profile, your own presence, like other major social media tools. However, it is independent of big tech. You can use VA Shiva Social to interconnect with your fellow Truth Freedom Health Warrior scholars and build community. Beyond the education capability and the social media capability, the platform also enables you to take action by disseminating your knowledge on the ground and into your local online and offline communities. Powerful educational cards and research are included so you can pass these cards to your friends and neighbors that provide them summarized content which further directs them to online research and education. In addition to this, the activism component also provides you many, many short one-minute educational video content, memes, and text allowing you to quickly craft messages for your Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and other pages so you can deliver content to educate others and drive them to longer educational posts on VA Shiva. VA Shiva is fundamentally an enabling platform for you to get the truth, freedom, and health you deserve through education, technology, and activism. I hope you become a truth, freedom, and health warrior scholar today. Thank you. All right, everyone, I hope that gives you a perspective sort of on the modern timeline of what's going on today in terms of the control uh, that's taking place and then what the solution is. Thank you.